I'm Mary Ann Kolbesuk McGee, Managing Editor of Healthcare Info Security. Today I'm speaking with David Whitlinger, Executive Director of the New York eHealth Collaborative, which oversees New York's statewide health information exchange efforts and some other key health IT initiatives. The collaborative, called NICE for short, was recently awarded a $200,000 cooperative agreement with the Office of the National Coordinator for Health IT to fund work related to private and secure health information exchange. David will tell us about that work, as well as some other privacy and security-related initiatives underway at NICE. Hi, David. Good afternoon. How are you? Good. Could you briefly tell us a little about NICE and your role? The New York eHealth Collaborative, NICE, was formed in 2007 as a public-private partnership. It's a 501c3 with its own board of directors, its own leadership, but it works very, very strongly in partnership with the State Department of Health. And we've had a great partner in the Department of Health in developing healthcare IT across the state, both in the adoption as well as in the formation of a public utility network, or as we call it, the SHINee, the State Health Information Network of New York. So NICE's role been several fold. We worked on policy in the early days of the organization, and that was policies to establish trust and the rules of the road, if you will, for health information exchange in New York. Then that rapidly moved on into adoption and growing the usage of electronic health records in general. About that same time frame, the federal government came forward with the Affordable Care Act and uh, all of the work that went into adoption of meaningful use in those programs. So we, we, we caught those programs for the state of New York. And then uh, we've been establishing exchange across the state as a, as a public utility, both with a network of health information exchanges across the state that are known as RIOs, as well as uh, us serving as some of the technical infrastructure for a large portion of the state as well. We've got a hand in a lot of the different aspects of growing health information exchange as a tool set for the provider and moving forward here shortly, the patient community. As you mentioned, a lot of your efforts have been involved with statewide health information exchange. Why is nationwide secure health information exchange important? And what do you think some of the biggest privacy and security challenges are that need to be overcome? Now, I look at national health information exchange on two fronts. There's no question that healthcare is local. And the majority of exchange that is actually useful for the health care system and for the patient is actually very local to the patient and where they work and live. That being said, healthcare has division lines. The state boundaries do create some amount of division in healthcare delivery because payment systems and how the different state governments regulate or produce payment from a government perspective. So there are different boundaries that occur and different laws that affect the, the ability to exchange. Um, so national exchange in totality as, a, as a, a complete and comprehensive national network is a difficult challenge. The variations uh, by the different states are, are not uh, trivial. Um, that being said, the federal government, I believe, has taken some tremendous steps forward with meaningful use in the development of a, a method of exchange that pretty much replicate electronically a lot of the physical exchange that's going on and therefore 
uh, fits to the norms of the policies that across the country, and that's what's called directed exchange or point-to-point. And without getting into the into the policy details, it, it very much conforms to the way that records can be exchanged today via, via fax machine or physical U.S. mail uh, types of, of methods. That being said, where there are borders of high density, particularly here in New York, where we have a high density between New York City, New Jersey, Connecticut, and obviously Pennsylvania and Vermont and in the more rural areas, um, healthcare crosses the state borders, and there you um, have an equal desire to have a network of providers who are all utilizing the same data, and that creates some challenges with regards to conformance to policy across borders. Tell us about the new cooperative agreement that NICE has with the Office of National Coordinator and the work you'll be doing. The New York eHealth Collaborative early on determined, as much as others did across the country, that one of the significant barriers for usage of health information exchange and the values that it can create in the healthcare system is workflow. And that workflow is really uh, really struggles because of the primary uh, health IT system that the physician community uses is their electronic health record. And in many cases, it's difficult, costly, and challenging to integrate health information exchange into that workflow. In the past, a lot of times that health information exchange would be an Internet-based portal, and the workflow would be challenged to jump out of the electronic health record system over to the portal and back again with some information about the patient, and it was fairly clumsy. What we've set about uh, doing was uh, two years ago, we, we brought together a large portion of the rest of the states who are also, from a policy perspective and from a technology perspective, in a similar position as New York, and we asked the states if they would like to work collectively together along with the vendor community to establish strict interoperability, plug-and-play technical standards that would solve that workflow problem, both for directed exchange and for query-based exchange. And uh, that work has come to a culmination here earlier this year where we produced those technical standards, produced the testing standards, and created a testing program with CCHIT in order for both uh, EHR vendors as well as uh, health information networks to test that they are adhering to the standards and therefore their products will collectively work together, plug and play, out of the box uh, with great workflow and low integration costs. So that work occurred over half the country and states and population participated in the development of that, uh, 30 vendors, just a multitude of uh, collaboration and participation and development of all of that. That now is reaching the testing phases. The first pilots of the testing program occurring. We'll see logoed products here later this year, and the logo will mean they've tested their product and it's now ready to be used in a plug-and-play network. The ONC has now asked us to take that work forward. There are a couple of other places where there's uh, work that could be done on how we exchange record across networks, and one of the principal ones is the directory of providers. What does the address book look like, and how is that address book shared nationally such that we can have doctors in one part of the country find the addresses readily and easily for doctors in another part of the country and exchange information if, if necessary for delivery of care to a particular patient. So we'll be spending quite a bit of time 
on the provider directory set of problems, both technology and policy, as well as a couple of other issues that are, are thorny in regards to the query-based exchange. What are some of those thorny questions? Those issues are also in regards to um, being able to find different providers and how the network of networks can start to be assembled um, cross borders. And, and it has to do with being able to recognize the uh, patient's providers and the consent of the patient uh, cross borders. Related to the work that you're doing under the cooperative agreement, what are some of the goals, particularly as they relate to security and privacy of health data? First and foremost, I think security and privacy really is paramount, of course, and it succeeds best when um, as much as control as possible can be given to the patient and as much control as, as the patient desires. We've found that to be time and time again to be what is successful in New York. We found that, uh, to a large degree, patients very readily want their data to be shared to a large group of providers uh, and all of the providers that they see, and they'd like that to be a seamless experience, that there isn't a lot of onerousness to that. What they really want to benefit from is also knowing who has seen their data. Uh, If they have an ability of knowing who has seen their data, that can be done through electronic auditing mechanisms, then they have a great deal of confidence uh, that the system um, can be audited, uh, that if there are things that happen that shouldn't happen, that they have recourse in that their privacy and security concerns can be addressed because the system is looking out for them. Besides the cooperative agreement with ONC, are there other privacy and security-related efforts that are underway or planned at NICE that you can tell us a little bit about? New York being a a state that really worked heavily on the query-based exchange, and that's the ability to, uh, for a provider or in the near future for a patient to ask for all their records on a given patient identity uh, and receive them, that query-based exchange uh, has the desire and need for a lot of trust. Some of the places where we end up with that being a a more uh, difficult issue is around behavioral health data, reproductive health data, substance abuse data. And the rules around those types of data are are very important to be adhered to, of course, and and to be embodied in uh, the exchange and the the practices of the providers. That does make it a little bit more difficult. The institutions that only deal in those types of data can very thoughtfully figure out how to manage that data and and deal with it in in a way that protects the patient and protects the the privacy and still delivers uh, care in a a thoughtful and meaningful way. So institutions that that don't serve only those uh, types of uh, care delivery and mix it in with primary care or other types of care, and therefore you can have substance abuse data or reproductive health data that might just by practice get mixed in with general health data makes it a little bit more difficult to apply uh, the rules because you've got mixed records and it, it is, as much as we can try, it, it sometimes creates issues. And those are areas where we'd really like to start to dig in more, uh, both with technology and with policy, in order to get broader access to more information uh, and, and in, as well protect the, the rights and, and, and the needs of the, of the privacy of those patients. What would that involve? Would that involve data segmentation or other sorts of technologies? 
You know, it's a mixture because you are, you are absolutely right. There are technologies such as natural language processing that even can comb through some of the messiest of records and look for key words that could be sensitive and should be uh, somehow dealt with in a different way. Then there's a set of policies around, well, how should the how should the system deal with that? There's a fair amount of folks in the physician community that would really argue that editing a record could be more harmful than good uh, and that we need to be very careful in how we deal with that from a policy perspective and how we deal with that from uh, a notification perspective, both for the patient and the provider, so that everybody is aware of what the implications are and, and how best to proceed. So we'll, we're forming collaborative work groups inside the state in order to work on those different issues and come to um, both some technology answers as well as some policy and practice answers that, that will move that forward. Thankfully, we have a network now and a, a lot of uh, really best-intentioned uh, collaborators who are looking towards solutions. Finally, ONC has been working on putting together some voluntary guidelines and best practices for health information exchange based on feedback it's been getting from those in the health industry. What would you like to see included in those guidelines? Some of the best practices that I, I think are, are very valuable, there, there's, there's a, a series of technology ones that I think would be useful such that uh, they establish greater standardization moving forward. And the more and more that the vendor community hears from their customer community the same consistent request, whatever it may be, uh, the better uh, everybody can achieve a common goal. And uh, the, the vendor community that listens to their customers is obviously doing the right thing. And if those customers can be well-trained on some of the best practices such that the consistent products that we're receiving are, are more standardized. That That's of, of high value. I think some of the other practices have to do with the workflow itself. At the end of the day, it shouldn't be IT for the sake of IT. It should be IT for the sake of improvement of the healthcare system. And those best practices, uh, if they lean towards workflow redesign, payment reform, patient engagement, and how communities can adopt programs uh, that succeed at that. Uh, and that IT is, is a necessary ingredient and a necessary solution for many of those programs. I think there's a lot of success in tying this to the tangible healthcare delivery world. Thanks, David. I've been talking to David Whitlinger of New York eHealth Collaborative. I'm Marianne Kolbasek-McGee for Information Security Media Group. Thanks for listening.